Welcome to episode 15 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, and I'm joined with Matt, Andrew, Matt, and RJ Cole. RJ, how you doing today? I'm good. How you doing? We're good. Thanks. We appreciate you coming on. I know you just mentioned before we hopped on, it's midnight out in Greece where you are, so we definitely appreciate you staying up here. And we just got a few questions. We ha- we came up with some of our own. We also have some fans who submitted some. So just really catch up with you, see how you've been since you left UConn, ask some questions while you were at the Huskies, stuff like that. So we'll just get right into it. I'll start off. How's life treating you overseas since you got over there? How's it been? Oh, man. Uh, life overseas has definitely been different. You know, uh, different experience, especially as soon as we got here. I was like I'm in a foreign country, basically. You know, I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. Uh, obviously, the people that I, you know, I play with my the other Americans, um, we always became close. Um, but especially over here by yourself, no family, no friends, it's definitely tough. I mean, and then now that basketball season started, especially with college basketball, trying to stay up to watch these games is kind of it's crazy because then by the time I go to sleep, I gotta wake up to go to practice. Um, but I'm definitely adjusting, and it's it's been a fun experience though for sure. And you've been following the team, I assume, this year. The Red Hot start, obviously a tough loss. But you staying in touch with them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm, I've been always keeping tabs on them. You know, they're 14-1 and one now. Um, they're definitely having a pretty, pretty amazing season. And I just, you know, continue to wish the best for all of them. Cool. All right, RJ. So my favorite sequence with you in it of all time is the last 20 seconds of that Nova game at home where, you know, Paulie hits the three, you and Andre tied up in front of our bench, and then you run the play, they get you the layup, and then you take the charge from Colin Gillespie. I just want to know what was going through your head in those 20 seconds, you know, with the fans being all rowdy and you knowing that the game is on the line and it could end at any second. Like, what was going through your head in those last 20 seconds of that game? Um, honestly, uh, as like you said, that was a wild game. Um, those 20 seconds felt like that was the whole game, uh, in a way. Um, but honestly, the only thing that was on my mind was just to win at all costs. Um, I seen, you know, you know Tyler hit the three and then we, we had, we, I seen we had a chance, especially when Tyler hit the three. Um, and then once I was able to get my hand on the ball for, you know, Collins Lefty to get tied up, um, I knew that was going to be in our favor. I was just happy that it came and worked out. Because, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure they were going to call foul, even though it looked like I you know, I was fouling, but I really wasn't. Um, and then the shot, you know, they just basically just gave me the ball. They told me to go ahead and make it happen. Uh, so I appreciate, you know, Coach Kamani for that. Uh, and my teammates, you know, believe in me to, to go do that too. And then again, at the end, you know, taking a charge, I seen he's out of control. And I knew just making winning plays, and that's what our type of team, you know, the team that we had, you know, the toughness. Um, so just making a winning play, and, you know, hopefully it worked out in our favor. Did you know you were going to take that charge no matter the cost, or did you just kind of watch the play unfold and then decide to put your body on the line for the team? Like you said, winning at all costs. Um, absolutely. I honestly was not going to go take the charge, uh, but I've seen him out of control, and I I do know that they like to you know jump stop. Uh, but with the time winding down, I knew that he couldn't jump stop. He didn't, he wouldn't have had time for it if he did jump stop. Adama probably would have blocked it. Um, but since he, the time was running down and he was kind of out of control, I just felt like it was smart of me to just step in front of him. Yeah, that's honestly one of the reasons why you're one of my favorite Huskies ever, just really willing to do anything to win. And that was arguably the biggest game that you guys won that year. So that's really cool to hear, IJ. Absolutely. All right, I got one here. Uh, 
you know, with the transfer portal, you obviously transferred over from Howard to UConn. You sat a year, the 2019-20 season. And nowadays, just two, three years later, feel like feels like every waiver is going through for everyone. Is there any, like, regret or, like, I don't know what emotion you feel that you lost a year seeing, oh, two years later, everyone gets to play. Or is that year you could use it, like, as a learning experience to get familiar, familiarized with the program? Um, I'm actually happy. I don't regret the sit-out yet at all. Um, it actually helped me prepare myself mentally for preparing myself to know what I was getting into with Coach Hurley and uh, being at UConn in general. Uh, with just, like, the, the hype around, you know, be, being a Connecticut Husky. Um, honestly, learning the system, uh, being able to get stronger, uh, have, have that opportunity to get stronger. Um, and, again, learn the system. Um, honestly, if I, if I played – I don't think it would have been the same because I'd have been playing in the AAC. Um, and that was a totally different world than the Big East. So I was, I was happy that I was able just to get a chance to to watch and learn from the, the players that were there before me. And the AAC was a pretty good league, but going to play in the Big East, that was a different animal. I had to prepare myself mentally for that. And so I was just happy that I was able to get two years uh, under me for that one. But I've had like to play. Yes, of course. But I mean, I'll honestly happy with the decision I made. Yeah, and you were watching a pretty fun team there from the bench, like Christian Vital, his senior year. Obviously, the season was cut short, but really just a fun bunch of guys to watch, and I'm sure to be around. Absolutely. That was a, that was definitely a good group of guys to be around, and, and they were picking it up at the end of the year. Unfortunately, COVID hit. Um, so, But that was definitely a good team to be around. I think they would have won the AAC that year, honestly. Hey, RJ. Uh Everyone always talks about how not only you played for Danny Hurley, but you played for his dad, Bob Hurley, too. And my question is, was there ever a time when it seemed like Dan had taken some concepts or X and O's from his father? Like he was teaching you something. You're like, OK, this is familiar from high school. Uh, literally, I feel like uh, everything in a way. Um, he just took everything from his dad. and His dad instilled in him. He just he took with him. And he might have, like, you know, put a wrinkle on it or two. Uh, but it, it's, I knew where it came from. You know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Um, so it, I was just happy to be able to play for both of them and learn. Um, I think they both prepared me in an enormous amount of ways, to, you know, to be where I'm at today. And uh, I just have a quick follow-up. Who is more intense, Danny or Bobby? Um, I'll, I'll give it to Danny just because uh, – his, his dad was getting a little bit older when I was there. Um, and the teams that I played on, like, we were, like, really, really good. I think my sophomore year, we went 28-2. and um, And then my, my junior year, we went 32-0. and And then by the time senior year came, I played for him for two years already. So, like, he kind of just let me, you know, be me. Um, so, I definitely think uh, Danny was definitely more intense. What's going on, RJ? Uh, my question is more revolving around, you know, you transferred in from Howard to the MEAC. You come into UConn. It's, a, it's our first season in the Big East. You're playing. What was it like adapting your game uh, from Howard to come into the Big East where it's known to be sort of just tough and physical and overall just one of the nastier conferences in basketball? Um, I, w- I would say it's tough um, and not so much the physicality of it because um, once I got to the point where I was, felt like I was strong enough to be out there, I was fine, um, but I would say like just not getting the same calls that I would get in the MEAC. You know, it was kind of it was. I always used to manipulate the defense and draw those kinds of fouls. 
Um, but with it being more physical in the Big East, it was harder to get those same types of fouls, if you know what I mean. Uh, um, so that was probably the, the biggest adjustment, just having to – and then playing at a whole different level, you know, uh, playing more minutes at, at a – at a higher pace, to pay, I feel like the pace was a little bit faster than um, the MIAC. Uh, I felt like I, I was able to adapt eventually, but I adapted much better uh, my second year in the Big East. So I felt like the first year in the Big East was just a, a learning, a learning process for me. And then going into that next season, I just knew I felt a little bit more comfortable. Than I knew what, you know what it took to be in the Big East. Would you say that there was any game or any uh, specific player who, when you first got to the Big East, really kind of like shocked you and? You know, you kind of realize, like, hey, this is a lot different than Howard. Uh, I don't. I mean, it's tough to say that, but I, I will say player. Um, I'll just say Colin. Um, just from the fact that like he they don't play the typical like I don't know how to explain it, but like their bas their brand of basketball is not what you would you know envision yourself playing and always you know posting up, laying on two feet, shot faking, shot faking. Um, so that that was like the first guard that. I had to, you know, always be on my toes with because I knew he would try to post me up and he would try to draw, you know, these fouls. Um, so that was definitely, I feel like that would probably be my, my biggest welcome to the biggest moment, uh, just playing against Villanova. All right, and we had Ty Polly on earlier in December and we asked him this question. I'm going to bring it up to you. I feel like you may have a similar answer, but I still want to hear it. Who was the funniest teammate you had at UConn? The funniest teammate that I had at UConn? Uh, for me, I'd definitely say, uh, Tyrese Martin, that was my fun, that was my funniest teammate. Uh, and he's probably one of my closest teammates that I was with, uh, this past year or two. Um, but yeah, definitely Tyrese. Interesting. Ty said Zay by far. So it's cool to see there's a little difference there. Now Zay is funny for sure. They did definitely funny. I will give him that. <laughs> All right. So you said you've been following the team this year, right? So if Danny and the rest of the staff gave you the entire floor to tell the team whatever you wanted as of this moment right now, what would you say then? Oh, man. Uh, honestly, I would just say to cherish the moments, like these opportunities that they have right now. Um, there are a lot of people, you know, that, that wish to be in their shoes, to be a Division One basketball player, should be at uh, UConn, to be number four in the country right now. Like a lot of people would wish to be in their shoes. So I would definitely say don't take these moments for granted because, you know, just as easy that they're in it, they can be taken away that that quick. And, and I mean, just with the fans that we have, have there uh, at UConn, uh, it's like it's nothing better than that, you know. Uh, so just cherish everything that you have right now because it, it could easily be taken away for sure. Yeah, you know, not not everything is about winning and losing. Obviously, they're 14 and out and then just lost their first game. But, I mean, this is – one of the best starts in recent history, you know, it can, it's definitely something that can be taken for granted too. So it's good to hear that, that you would be on the side of telling them to not take it for granted. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this question's a two-parter. And the first part is who is a mentor to you at your time at UConn? And is there anyone who you felt like you were a mentor to? Uh, a mentor for me when I was at UConn, um, I would say whenever I would talk to, we had, actually, we had, uh, Maurice Corrette, 
you know, he would be there for us all the time. Um, so he was someone huge that we could talk to. But, like, as far as, like, in my playing shoes, uh, I would bounce ideas off uh, Ryan Boatwright a couple couple times because um, I just felt like we were the same small guards, you know, had the same attitude. Uh, so I just wanted to you know, pick his brain and see and see what he saw out there um, and where I can, you know, see my see fit for myself, you know, because we obviously play different roles on our teams. Um, and then, for honestly, just for the young guys in general, uh, that I felt like I was a mentor for, you know, uh, just being a guy that was a pretty seasoned veteran. You know, I played college for four years, uh, was in college for five years. So just so they knew what was going on, you know, what to what to expect from college and just, you know, how how to adapt to, you know, you know it's not high school anymore. Um, so you got to like grow up faster than you would be expected to, you know, in, in, uh, in high school. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it right now, as you can see, like it, it's serving them well. You know, these guys are. Very tough. You have to be when you're going to play for early. So, I mean, I, th I think they're in good hands for sure. Yeah, by the time your last year rolled around, it really seemed like you were a great leader for that squad. And I'm sure the effects are still being felt right now. Yeah, RJ, uh, you know, back in the Big East, you played against guys, Al Durham, Kirketh, uh, Marquette, and Providence. Uh, those are your teammates now over in Greece, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Uh, what is it like having those guys on your team, you know, being so far from home? Does that give you any sense of, like, comfort over there? Is it any familiarity? Like, what's that like? Uh, definitely. I mean, it, it gives me a huge uh, sense of comfort out here, you know, knowing that at least I, I know some people out here and I'm not, you know, too lonely. Um, and it's also – it's always good to, you know, like, you know, mess with each other, you know, you know, if you win or lose, if you beat them in college or not. Uh, so it's always fun to have those type of stories, you know, uh, what would have happened if we played Providence again the second time, like things like that. Uh, um, but it's definitely fun, you know. Um, I'm happy that they're both uh, on our team. Uh, it's easy throwing lobs to Kerr. He, he's seven feet, so it's he's, he's going to go get it. And then having another uh, backcourt me like Al, uh, Al Durham, it's, it's just been incredible. Yeah, and a former guest of ours, Ty Polly, said he ran over to you over in Greece. Uh, what was it like seeing him again and being able to talk with him and everything? Man, it was it was huge. Uh, we're not we're not able to you know see each other every day because uh, we're in we're like five hours apart, you know, five hour drive. Um, so you can't see each other every day. So being able to see him, you know, since I, I haven't seen him since you know school basically. Um, so it's been it's been it was fun, you know, being able to connect with him and just ask him how he's doing because I know he's in the same position I am, you know, out here with no friends, no family. Uh, so just you know, obviously, whenever I can be. You know, lending ear or hand, you know, I, I would be that. It's been fun seeing times playing against them as well. All right, this one here, it's from one of the followers on the Instagram. It's uh, who's the toughest defender you've ever played against while in college, and who's the toughest guy you had to guard? The toughest person that defended me? Uh, being very confident in myself. I don't think anybody uh, that guarded me really could guard me. Um, I don't know who really gave me a tough night you know, on a defensive end, to be to be totally honest. Uh, but me guarding them, again, I mean, I probably would say Colin, just because it's unorthodox to be playing against a point guard who's just going to be posting up the whole time. And he's the same height as me, so it's not – that's not kind of like it's something I wouldn't be you know, used to at all. And this is one more here from the Instagram followers. It's was there ever ever any consideration to take that extra fifth year? You were 
had the ability to take because of COVID. And especially now you see all the NIL stuff. Would that have any difference if you knew that at the time or just talk about that in general, really? Man, I kind of like go back and forth with myself on that question a lot. Uh, At first, being totally honest, there was no like even thought that crossed my mind about coming back to school. Um, I mean, I've been, I didn't have about basketball for me. It's been like, I've been in college for five years at this point. So doing a sixth year and then being a third degree, it was just kind of like, I'm over school. Um, I really don't want to be doing this anymore, but in the basketball sense, uh, I definitely, a little bit in the back of my mind, you know, thought about like, what would it be like if I came back? I know we definitely would have been a force to be reckoned with if I came back, in my opinion. Um, but I also feel like my decision finally became more about what I wanted to do. Um, and rather than, you know, my college decisions were based on, yes, it was what I wanted to do, but also I took into consideration what everybody else would have wanted me to do. Um, so finally, for the first time, you know, I made a decision where it wasn't, I wasn't thinking about what someone else wanted me to do, do this or that. I just wanted to go with what I felt like in my heart was the right thing for me to do. And ultimately, you didn't decide on coming back. And you did have a good summer league run. You were able to learn from all those guys over in the Lakers organization. How was that? Uh, Lakers, it was fun. Uh, being, you know, totally honest, it was probably the most toughest that toughest position I've been in, you know, uh, playing basketball. I haven't been in that position in a very, very long time. Uh, not really playing and getting the minutes uh, that I, I knew I could you know, do out there. Uh, but again, it was a great learning experience uh, for the basketball side and the business side of things. Um, so, like going into this next summer, you know, hopefully I get a chance to play in some league again. And the things that I learned last summer, I'll definitely be, you know, using that this year. And you know, maybe it would it would change around my uh, my summer and then my whatever comes next for me in a new season. All right, I think that's just, that's just about it. That's really all we got for you, RJ. It was a couple of questions to catch up with you. It was a pleasure having you on. I appreciate you doing this. I know it's the late hour, like I mentioned. So we really, tr- truly do appreciate you coming on. Maybe you can do it again sometime later, maybe in the summer or later in the spring. But, Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate Thank you, you coming appreciate on. You and I think that'll do it here for episode 15, a short little special episode. And thanks for watching.